0: Let us pray. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Lord, thank you for your loving kindness and boundless grace. You have called me to a higher way of living that flows from the new heart you have given me, I praise you as my Savior, my Lord, and my very life. You have welcomed me to your table, a place of love and joy, to feast on your goodness. Thank you that I can offer my body to you today as a living sacrifice that is holy and acceptable to you. Thank you for filling me with your Holy Spirit and sealing me with Him until your return. I joyfully serve you today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for praying with me today. Now, discover the profound intricacies of Scripture through Pray.com's podcast, The Heartbeat of Faith, with Dr. Andrew Farley. Stay tuned after this quick word from our sponsors. Does your money stretch as far as it used to? Most likely, no. Here's why It took 200 years for the U.S. to print its first $5 trillion. Today, Washington has done that in just three years. The problem? Every new dollar makes each of your dollars worth less. Our sponsor, Birch Gold Group, has helped tens of thousands of Americans protect their IRAs or 401ks from the dollar's loss in value with physical gold and silver. Now you can, too, get a free info kit on gold right now by texting the word HEARTBEAT to 989898 with an A-plus rating with the BBB. You're in good hands with Birch Gold. So get your no-cost, no-obligation info kit now by texting HEARTBEAT to the number 989898. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
1: Hello, I'm Dr. Andrew Farley with today's episode of the Heartbeat of Faith podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to exploring the profound themes of God's Word. Through cinematic retellings of the Bible's greatest stories, we'll discover that every scripture, be it a story, letter, prophecy, or poem, is intertwined with one another, revealing a grand universe within the Bible. Today, we continue looking at a question loaded with controversy, challenges, and comfort. We'll continue to answer the question, what is salvation? And today, we'll mine some deep, meaningful passages of Scripture to understand the concepts of sacrifice and forgiveness. In the Old Testament, we see a litany of animal sacrifices, cleansing ceremonies, and other priestly traditions centered around the idea of atonement or appeasing God with a covering for sins. However, these Old Testament practices were not continued by Christians after the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Why not? What happened when Jesus came that satisfied the Old Testament need for animal sacrifice and priestly offerings? This is one of the most important questions a human can ask, and it deserves a solid answer. Every Old Testament sacrifice could only serve as a picture or shadow of Jesus' death on the cross. The blood of bulls and goats only covered sin temporarily or yearly at the Day of Atonement. Animal blood never took away sins. This is why John the Baptist was so excited when he declared, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This was a feat the Jews had never witnessed before because Jesus The Son of God and the Messiah was the perfect sacrifice for sins. All of the Old Testament practices that were aimed at getting more forgiveness from God could cease. They were no longer needed. Perhaps the epistle to the Hebrews is best at driving this point home as it declares that Christ was sacrificed once to take away our sins and he'll return never to bear sins again, but to bring salvation to us who are waiting for him. The earliest sacrifices we see in Scripture are from Cain and Abel.
2: Both children grew up in the New World, and it was time for Cain and Abel to bring sacrifices to God. Cain brought some of the fruits of his labor—grains, vegetables, and other vegetation. Abel brought the firstborn of his flock, a lamb. Abel brought the best of what he had. Not only this, but Abel had to raise this little sheep and kill it before God. This means that it was not just a sacrifice of materials, but a sacrifice of the heart. Because of this, God accepted Abel's offering. God also rejected Cain's offering, knowing that it did not come from any real love at all.
1: Cain and Abel were the first generation to grow up in a world with evil. Humanity's evil nature and deeds created a rift between them and God. There was a cancerous effect to sin. When a sin was committed, there was a legal effect. After all, if you steal from your neighbor, you need to pay them back. But there was also a personal effect. Now, your neighbor didn't trust you any longer. The idea behind animal sacrifice in the Old Testament was to atone or cover your sin. An innocent animal's life needed to be taken in order for their sin to be atoned for. It symbolized that their actions had dire consequences. The wages of sin was death, and the animal was killed in their place. The concept of sacrifice was meant to serve as a reminder that sin is not taken lightly and must be atoned for. Sin required payment from those who committed it, and that payment could only be made through the shedding of blood. The act of sacrificing an animal's life because of someone else's guilt allowed Old Testament people to relate to God humbly, knowing they needed their debt to Him to be paid. Listen to the language used in Leviticus. The animal's lifeblood covering the person symbolizes life replacing death and purity replacing corruption.
2: The priest shall offer the sin offering and make atonement for him who is to be cleansed because of his uncleanness. Afterward he shall kill the burnt offering, then the priest shall offer the burnt offering and the meal offering on the altar. The priest shall make atonement for him, and he shall be clean. Leviticus fourteen nineteen through 20
1: evil still infringed on relationships and the world despite the sacrifices, it became evident that the sacrificial system alone was insufficient. And God promised to send a king who would provide the ultimate sacrifice to take away all sins, Jesus Christ. God loved the world so much that He gave us His Son, whose blood was shed to bring us total forgiveness of sins. In addition, Jesus rose from the dead to give us his resurrection life living in us today. This is how we experience victory over temptation and sin, and ultimately, even death itself can't keep us down. We don't need ceremonial traditions like temple sacrifices or burnt offerings because nothing else needs to be done about our sins. On the cross, Jesus said, "...it is finished," and he meant it. We call it the finished work of Christ because we don't have to finish it. The wages of sin was death, but Jesus died and he paid the wages in full. There is no more punishment for sins left, and there's no condemnation for us as believers. We can live free from guilt knowing that Jesus is our perfect sacrifice that brought us total forgiveness of all our sins, past, present, and
2: future. Later in the night, Jesus took a loaf of bread in his hand, gave thanks to God, and then broke it into many pieces and passed it out to the disciples. He said, This is my body, broken for you. He then took a cup of wine, gave thanks for it, and passed it to his disciples to drink. He said, Drink this wine, for this is my blood, shed for you, and the remission of your sins. The disciples partook in what Jesus had offered. Still, they could not fathom the depths of what Jesus was saying. Shortly after this, Jesus would bring eternal meaning to what had taken place.
1: We can have the once-for-all sacrifice of Jesus in mind when we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Eating bread and drinking wine as symbols of what Christ did for us doesn't make us any more forgiven. Remember you're already forgiven forever. But the Lord's Supper is an important way we can remember all that Jesus accomplished for us. This is why Jesus said to do it in remembrance of him. Celebrating the Lord's Supper or communion helps us reflect on the love and salvation God gave us through Jesus Christ. As we eat the bread, we remember the humility of the cross and the sacrifice Jesus made. It may also remind us that Jesus called himself the bread of life. When we drink the wine, we recognize that only the blood of Jesus could take away our sins forever. Water baptism is another way we celebrate what already happened to us at salvation. As we go down into the water, we reflect on what it means for us to have been crucified with Christ, buried with him, and raised to newness of life with Jesus forever.
2: Tongues like fire. In our last story, Jesus commissioned his disciples to go in power and authority. He comforted them and told them that the Holy Spirit would come to help them. So now the disciples wait on the Holy Spirit to move. In this story, the Holy Spirit shows up like a whirlwind. The disciples show up to the temple and declare the truth of Christ to people of all nations, inspired by the book of Acts. It was Pentecost, a time when devoted people of all nations came to Jerusalem to celebrate and worship God. The uproar caused by Jesus' death had subsided, and all seemed to be coming back to normal. The high priests stood in the temple courtyards, watching people pass by with their sacrifices and money purses. They finally began to feel powerful again. The rumors of Jesus' resurrection still lingered, but they were hopeful that they had heard the last of his name. A small wind began to blow through the city of Jerusalem, and the tents in the temple courtyards swayed to the gentle gusts. Among the sea of people were the twelve. They walked with intention, moving towards the temple steps where Jerusalem once stood. Peter and the rest of the disciples stood boldly for all to see. People began to look as the wind picked up even more. Then, like the breath of God himself, a sound from heaven boomed like a mighty wind. The entire house of God was filled with the wind of God. Flames appeared from the sky, resembling tongues of fire. They hovered over the mouths of the disciples. The Holy Spirit had arrived. Just as Jesus had promised, the life of God was given to each disciple. They began to utter the truths of God with boldness and eloquence. Yet the strange thing was that every man and woman in the temple heard their words in their own native language. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, Mesopotamians, Judeans, Cappadocians, Asians, Phrygians and Pamphylians, Egyptians, Libyans, Romans, Jews, Cretans, and Arabians all heard the disciples preach the truth of God in their own tongue. "'Who are these men?' they asked. "'Aren't they uneducated men from Galilee? How is it that we hear them all in our own languages?' Many were amazed and confused at what was taking place, but others were not as impressed. They are drunk, some of them yelled. They are drunk fishermen from Galilee. Peter stepped out from among them and looked at the crowd. We are not drunk. It is only morning after all, Peter declared. A small chuckle could be heard from the crowd. Peter looked at the sea of faces below. He was welled up with love. The love of Jesus overcame him. He was born to be here. "'People of Israel, hear my words,' Peter shouted. "'Jesus of Nazareth did mighty works among you. "'You saw them with your own eyes. "'He was delivered into the hands of the priests and killed. "'You crucified him. "'However, God used him to defeat the sting of death, "'for Jesus could not be held by the grave.' "'The crowd became silent as they listened to the Holy Spirit speak through Peter.' The once angry and foolish fisherman was now preaching in front of thousands of people. Brothers and sisters, our King David died and was buried in his tomb. You can still visit it today, but the tomb of Jesus is empty. He is raised. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. Peter paused for a moment, looking at the lost souls that stood before him. Repent! Repent and be baptized! For forgiveness and atonement for your sins are in Jesus and no longer in the temple. All who are far off, come!" To Peter's astonishment, thousands of people came forward to be prayed for and be baptized. Three thousand souls believed in the finished work of Jesus that day, and they devoted themselves to the teaching of the twelve disciples. They grew in community and fellowship with one another. Awe came upon every soul. They shared all that they had with one another. Day by day, the Lord added to their numbers as they preached the gospel, broke bread, and met in each other's homes. Souls were being saved. Revival had begun, and the world would never be the same.
1: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Heartbeat of Faith podcast. Follow the podcast so you can learn about the Bible in this inspiring and entertaining way. Download the Pray.com app, and for more encouragement in God's grace, visit andrewfarley.org. That's andrewfarley.org.